Today is Monday, March 14th. The title for our devotional is Presence. Yesterday in church, we heard from Libby Thongate about the significance of presence in one another's lives. For the devotional today, I've recorded a further conversation with Libby about that topic. But before we get to that conversation, let's read a portion of scripture, uh, Genesis in Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read verses 15 to 25. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, or that word can be translated side, and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, as we're going to be, we'll be doing all of this week, I recorded a further conversation on the topic of presence with Libby. So stay tuned here for that conversation. Hey, LifeBridge. So I'm here with Libby Thorngate, who preached on Sunday, and it's a little awkward because we're recording this before Sunday. We're recording this on Thursday. And Libby's preaching on Sunday, but this podcast episode is going to drop on Monday. So uh, it's a little it's a little awkward about how to talk about it and introduce it. But anyways, I'm here with Libby. And Libby, you're going to be talking about presence. So would you just briefly introduce to us the topic of presence for those who either couldn't catch the sermon or haven't listened to the audio from the sermon on Sunday yet? Sure. So what we're talking about is how we were created in the image of God. Of course, that's something that is a very familiar phrase for us. I think I think you've already heard about it earlier in the relationship series. Um, but I, I wanted to pause on that for a little bit, just talk about the implications of being created in the image of God. Um, the fact that, one, you know, we're created in the image of God who exists in relationship, perfect love, already as the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, so we're created in the image of relationship. But also in the creation story, we're told about the human being being created, the first human created in the image of God, and then there's this really interesting story where God does this little operation uh, and says the human being needs a companion. Uh, and so we'll talk about that some, but just how, how God God's making two out of one human um, is is a really interesting way for us to look at our need for one another, that it's actually woven into, woven into the creation of who we are as human people, that we really, we need one another. We can't avoid that. And then we look at an example from the story of Job of, of our human need, of the fact that we, as people, we need others. We, we can't exist without them. And we see Job in a crisis and his friends come and initially they offer some really good comfort and care for him through their presence, uh, and then they then they do a really bad job after that. So we're, we get to learn from good examples and bad examples, all in the all in the same story. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, thanks for sharing. That's so it's so important um, uh, for us to contemplate and reflect on our presence in one another's lives and the application that we so often go to, as we were just talking about before I hit record a few minutes ago, is the importance of us being present in other people's lives. But the other part of that is us obviously reaching out for connection, for uh, to experience another's presence in our lives when we need it most. And sometimes that just gets neglected in the application of this. So why don't you mm-hmm. why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I'm not good at being needy. Like I don't right. like the I don't like how that sounds. That mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm weak or like I'm lacking in some way. And I, I think there's there's some of that that has to do with my personality and my upbringing. But some of that is just that's just human nature. We all of us really like the idea. For, for the most part, of meeting other people's needs. That makes us feel good. And we aren't so comfortable with acknowledging our own needs, even though God created us with those needs and God didn't make a mistake. And so I think a huge part, um, a, a huge part of the, the challenge for us when we consider relationship and community and, you know, offering presence to one another in a way that's healing and helps us become more like Jesus it's, it's easy for me to want to offer that to others and really, really difficult to receive. And yet I'm very aware that I need that, uh, that relationship isn't something we can just opt in and out of or, you know, call on when we feel like we really are desperate for it, but that it's, it's built into how I was made to need others. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking about my life as you're talking there, my my love language is quality time, right? From, mm-hmm. um, yeah, from the five love languages. Who wrote that again? I'm blanking. Uh, Gary something. Gary Chapman. Yes, you're right. <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, from the five love languages. My Mine is quality time, but I'm trying to think of the last time that I just asked somebody to like come and sit with me. Um, right. And to just be with me because I'm. Mm-hmm. it definitely fills my bucket and I know that I need that. Yeah. And when I don't... Inst- when I don't get that, instead of reaching out and just asking even the closest relationships to me, like like Savannah, my wife, like my kids mm-hmm. or my best friends to just, you know, come and be with me or to hang out with me. I'm not going to say like, come sit with me, right? I'll just ask them to come yeah. hang with me, right? Something like that. But so rarely do I even like get to the point of identifying that I'm missing that and I need that presence mm-hmm. and then just just reaching out for it. I tend to just get frustrated right. or get angry or... Or <laughs> blame it on something right. else or come up with some other fix that I need. But so rarely mm-hmm. do I have the self-awareness to actually recognize that what I need now is just like a friend to like hang yeah. out with me. Well, it's a really vulnerable thing to ask for mm-hmm. because it, it both, it makes me needy before, you know, whether it's a friend or my husband or whatever, it makes me feel very needy and exposed. Mm-hmm. But also what if they let me down? Right. You know, like what if what if I text a friend and say, hey, I'd love to connect. Let's get together, you know, and she doesn't respond or is too busy like that would make me feel incredibly mm-hmm. uh, exposed and rejected. And so it's it's a lot easier uh, to find connection in more superficial ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I can I can find myself gravitating to online connections um, or it's a lot easier for me to revert to reaching out to someone that I know might need a friend, might need some re- encouragement. Cause right. then I, I'm, I'm, then I'm approaching them from a place of strength right. instead of a, a place of 
of vulnerability. Right. And so that's a little bit easier for me to do. And it's a real stretch for me, honestly, to be able to kind of confess, like, I, I have needs. Please, please help me here. Yeah, I think that's important when we recognize that so many times when we are reaching out, like you said, from a place of strength or we're trying to reach out and help somebody else, oftentimes mm-hmm. that might even be coming from a place of just wanting, needing that community and that presence yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and there, there's, a, there's a healthy side of that and a side of that that I think can become very unhealthy if we're not aware mm-hmm. of that within us. But I'm also right. thinking about what does, that, what does that do to our, uh, our, our theology and our concept of God and our concept and our need for, our need for God's presence in our mm-hmm. life. And so thinking through some of the times when, I'm, you know, when I was just really struggling um, and just the concept of the idea that God is with me. Is, yeah. And he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death with me, right? Like that mm-hmm. idea of him being alongside you is, is yeah. so comforting. It doesn't answer the questions. Like it doesn't, it doesn't solve my problems in mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes the way that I wish that they would be solved, but it's, it's just so comforting and to know yeah. that he's there. So, oh, is, absolutely. yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm just thinking now, but like, how does that, how does that, idea of us not wanting to reach out for help or to reach out for mm-hmm. presence, how does that apply and factor into our ability to reach out to God for, for his presence, yeah. for his help and seeking his presence? Yeah. I mean, I think we can, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but it's easy to feel like God must be annoyed with me for still having, you know, some of the questions that I brought up five years ago, you know, or some of the struggles, but, um, and, and so I, I tend to, to see God the way really that, either I've seen others or myself or the way maybe other people have treated me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think over time I've learned more and more that I can approach him freely and that I don't need to hold back out of shame. Um, but I think part of it too is, you know, there are times when we really experience the nearness and the presence of God where we really feel that. And then there are times when we really don't, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that he's not there, right. but that can really be, uh, it can be challenging. You know, what does it look like to reach out and hold on to God and to trust that he's near when maybe I don't feel, you know, the peace of his presence or that experience uh, of intimacy and closeness. And I think there are seasons when, you know, wilderness seasons where, where that can be challenging or sometimes, you know, I mean, there's, there can be you know, like challenges like, like, uh, like anxiety or mental health challenges that can make that kind of experience of God's presence feel far more difficult Um, or even just, you know, exhaustion. I mean, if we're just physically exhausted and sick or, you know, exhausted after a long day of work, it's, you know, the, the the practice of just sitting and being still uh, can feel more challenging than like zoning out. (laughs) But exactly. um, I, I, so I think one of the things that's helped me in that, is being able to free myself from like this expectation to quote unquote, like have a quiet time, you know, and do my devotion. I mean, obviously I, I value that, you know, yep. but, but allowing myself to simply connect with God in moments of stillness without having to perform in any way, you know, I don't have to read these chapters or have these prayer requests, but what, it, what does it look like to just sit and be still and acknowledge that he's near and receive that. Um, and, and that's been, that's been a helpful practice for me 
um, in, in being able to just rest in that nearness. Yeah, I found that to be incredibly helpful in my life with Christ as well, to where it, there are so many times where I, f- I think what I need is like, uh, and, and sometimes I do need a vacation, but like I think what I need right. is, a, is a vacation, or I think what I need is to shut my mind off and just, you know, mm-hmm. binge watch a Netflix show or something like that. Right. Or like I need, you know, whatever it might be. But what I really need is yeah. to just sit with God. Um, yeah. And when I sure. do, I find I find a lot of the things that I was craving in those other aspects to be realized. And that's mm-hmm. what I was really looking for. And that's what I really needed. But so yeah. often I just like deceive myself into thinking that what I need is something other than this. <laughs> and when the answer is right mm-hmm. in front of me, and I think it goes back yeah. to the idea that you're talking about is our need to reach out for presence and our need mm-hmm. to like be in communion with, with God first and foremost and if we don't mm-hmm. recognize that in our need for relationship with others, where it's a tangible, like, you know, we can see and touch the person right next to us. Um, mm-hmm. How does that, like, if we can't recognize that, then it, it probably has implications for how we, how we re- relate to God and recognize our need to be in the presence of God on a regular basis. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think it's easy to, um, to have an expectation of like, at, at some point I'm going to mature out of having these needs yeah. for connection and communion, mm-hmm. you know, like really mature Christians, they probably mm-hmm. don't really need, you know, communion with other Christians. And, you know, they probably don't have these crises of faith or these moments of exhaustion or, you know, sorrow or where, where they're really desperate to experience God in some way either. <laughs> like right. they're just fine. And they, they always, you know, know who God is and, and feel really close to him. And I mean, that's just not reality at all. And, um, but I think, I think one of the things that's helpful for me is recognizing, um, that it, it's not like, I think it's, how do I put this? I think we, we like to have really neat categories for things. And so sometimes we, we can separate things that maybe shouldn't be separated so I can have like this one category on the one hand, I'm talking with my hands, which you can't see, but um, <laughs> I can have like, okay, you know, communion with friends, social activity, you know, connection with people that I love and care about. Um, I can have that on one hand and then on the other hand, I can have communion with God, spending time in his presence. And it's not, I don't think those two are, need to be mutually exclusive because one of the realities uh, and one of the beautiful things that God has created uh, in his people is that I can experience God's presence mm-hmm. through others as well. And I think that's especially helpful in those wilderness seasons where it's like, you know, my the Bible says that God is close to me and I've always believed that he is, but I don't feel that at all. And my circumstances seem to be telling me otherwise. So, you know, what's really going on here? And And that's when, you know, I can see the face of Christ in the face of a friend who, you know, who shows up and who reminds me through their own presence that God draws near and that he doesn't, you know, that he doesn't draw back from me, that he doesn't forget about me. Uh, There's there's so many times that I've I've experienced the presence of God through the presence of others. And and that's not like, you know, that's also not something I'm going to mature out of. You know, I'm not going to reach this point where I no longer need to experience who God is 
through the people that God's put in my life. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. The spiritual spiritual maturity doesn't mean we grow out of uh, community and need for others. Right. Right. Nor does it mean we grow out of a need for God. And like you said, the two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive because God often right. works works through others on our behalf in so many ways. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I, I, I hesitate to say this. I am American, um, but I've also <laughs> traveled a lot. And so, uh, you know, experiencing other cultures and worshiping in other cultural contexts, one of the things that it helps me see a little bit more clearly is just how individualistic we are mm-hmm. in our society. And so it's not just we as humans and as Christians, but we as a society have really exalted that kind of lone ranger hero. Right. You know, I mean, like think about how many TV shows um, have the, you know, the kind of maverick hero <laughs> who goes it alone and saves the day and doesn't need anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we, we have this kind of heroic idea and then we can take that on ourselves, uh, including in our faith communities and also in how we walk with Jesus. And it, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous because it's not real, right. <laughs> you know, like right. those are, those are stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're highly dramatized and romanticized and it's just not the reality of who God's made us to be. And it never will be. Yeah. We're never going to reach that. Amen. And that is, yeah, that's, uh, I think we have this idea of maturity, again, becoming like more isolated or just not needing yeah. other people. And that is just not a biblical concept of, of spiritual maturity. It is right. always in, it's, it's almost as we mature more, we recognize our need for others more and our need mm-hmm. for, for God more and his presence more. Sure. Um, well, well, and the people, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> The, the people that that you probably have respected the most, and certainly the people I've respected the most, haven't been the people who have it all together or whatever. They're the people who are the most real. Yeah. And those are the people who, I mean, if you're real, you're acknowledging your need. Mm-hmm. And when I see that, I respect that. And it, it makes me want to be like that even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah, it's just definitely a myth. Amen. I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, yeah. Thank you again for, for speaking with us and for uh, your time on the podcast today. Thanks, Libby. Yeah. Thank you. Looking forward to this weekend.